Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We are your co-hosts, Steve. And Julia. And we are here to talk about Scorpio season. Oh, Scorpio season. Julia, what are some of the the first like instantaneous words that come to mind when you think of Scorpio? Um I think about dark and intense and destructive. Um, kind of on the more positive side, I think of tenacious. Tenacity. Yeah, I think of, um, death. I think of sex. I think of... Transformation. Yes, transformation. Yep, Mm -hmm. yep. Also, all of the big scary things in life that we tend to avoid, sweep under the rug, skeletons we shove in closets... All of those things are all Scorpio season. So that's why it's linked to spooky season. It's spooky season! Yeah. Yeah, okay. So with, oh my gosh, you've already talked about death, all of these things. So who are the planets that we associate with Scorpio? Mm-hmm. Um, in traditional astrology, uh, meaning old, older astrology before we knew about the planets that we have currently or things that we identify as planets in our solar system now it was traditionally ruled by mars um in more updated uh astrology versions it's said to be ruled by pluto Mm -hmm. i personally find it very helpful to think of it as being ruled both by mars and pluto could you so the other, what is the other sign associated with Mars? The other sign is Aries. Okay. Um, and I think of Aries as being the uh, outward planet associated with Mars. It's associated with um, taking action. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the offense side of Mars, the planet associated with war and survival versus Scorpio, which is the defense side of Mars. So more strategic. Yeah, strategy, protection, vengeance. So if we if we look at Mars as like the warrior planet, mm-hmm. um, we're looking at the fire side with Aries and then the water side with Scorpio. Yeah. So going a little deeper, a little more strategic, what what kind of where like in the army? Mm-hmm. What, like who would be Scorpio? Scorpio is gonna be uh, the advisor. I think of a lot. Scorpio takes the place of advisor, um, the one who can think about the the big goals, can think about the whole campaign, and in a very cold way, put aside emotion and think about how are things going to play out and how do we make sure we win cool so that sounds like it's more at the top levels so like generals all of those folks making the plans what about how do we find scorpio out in the world like what is what is a profession or something that we could Mm. see scorpio playing out yeah yeah um i think of a couple of different ones um one of the uh, archetypes that I love for Scorpio is is the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's it's the um, person who isn't directly 
in charge of a situation. It's not the identified leader, but it might be the person who's gently whispering in the ear of the leader and is calling the shots because of things like sex and attraction. And they're using that side of power to control things from behind the scenes in a practical way. These are people that don't want to be front and center, but they love having uh, their opinions expressed and being the voice of um, consultation behind the scenes. So you used you used femme fatale. Yeah. Does that only apply to feminine presenting folks? Of course not. No, 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 no. All right. Um, in fact, I kind of the mood of Scorpio for me is kind of, uh, I think, 1940s and 50s film noir. Oh, say more about yeah, that. Yeah, so many of the characters in old film noir, um, the old, uh, like, Maltese Falcon and um, that kind of genre of movie really applies to the Scorpio energy. You've got um the detective i like to think so much of scorpio as the detective um who's the and not just like the um detective like works for the force more like the private eye and the private eye is gonna go out and and solve the mystery and they're driven to solve the mystery uh, but that character often is haunted with their own past and they can't make a good choice because they're skewed by their own issues um they're going in and they often have self-destructive tendencies and uh just that vibe is so much scorpio it's the i have to find the truth but it's because i have something inside of me that i'm trying to fix so what it sounds like is this detective can go a little off the wall and go a little too deep in what they're what they're kind of trying to uncover. Yes. And, you know, it, it usually starts with the slinky femme fatale coming in and being like, oh, my husband is cheating on me. Please look into this. And then before you know it, the, She's the murderer. private eye is over their head with some huge citywide conspiracy. And yes, it's it's digging and digging until you get to the root of things um but it's so shadowed with phobias and personal traumas that we end up very easily moving to the world of conspiracy theories we're feeling like everybody's out to get you we start moving to paranoia okay yeah so with with the shift to paranoia mm -hmm. um you like to bring up something that is kind of in um relation with that and it's the the call is coming from within yeah inside the house yes. back to spooky season yeah yeah this is part you can kind of see how like so many of these halloweeny tropes and movies are really dealing with scorpio energy mm -hmm. um in so many good horror films it starts off with there's a ghost in the house or there's a demon uh 
causing havoc all over a family. And as the movie plays out, we realize that the real demon is inside the person um, and they have to deal with that themselves. Um, that's very Scorpio. So is there is there the element of the projection of like, oh, I'm feeling this inner thing that I don't want to pay attention to. So I'm going to project it onto something. Totally. Is that totally. Scorpio? Okay. Yes. Yes. It's the ex. Yeah. Unhealthy Scorpio wants to externalize their fear. Um, instead of dealing with the fear inside of themselves, they want to project it onto other people. They want to project it onto um, a situation. The world just hasn't taken care of me the way it does other people. It's other people's fault. Um, so who yeah. is who's the the couple? If fear had a partner, who's who's fear's partner in this game? Yeah, in in a lot of ways, I think of Saturn as being the partner in this. I'm a little bit skewed. I have Saturn and Pluto conjunct in my own chart. So what I, does that mean? That's where in my when I was born, um, Saturn and Pluto are um, almost at the same spot in the sky on the zodiac wheel um, when I was born. So for me, I cloud um, Saturn and Pluto energy very easily. Ah, yeah. So could you give a like a brief um, description of what Pluto tends to deal with more and then what Saturn tends mm -hmm. to deal with more mm -hmm. so we can understand how um, it's a little difficult for you to tease them apart. Yeah, fear is definitely a thing you could attribute to both, I would say. Okay. Um, Pluto tends to be more phobias, um, more irrational fear. Um, it's the things inside of us, the parts of us that say, I'm not good enough. I've always been broken. I always will be broken. I, as a person, am not good enough. And then Saturn um, is more of things are hard. Things are scary. If I want to get better, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Um yeah, so so Pluto moves more into like the places of shame. Um, I am bad. I am this broken thing. Whereas Saturn is more, I would say, guilt of the like, I feel bad that things are broken and not good. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be a lot of work to fix them. Ooh, you brought in one of my favorite words. Did I? Shame. Oh, Steve, why do you love shame? Well... <laughs> I mean, the, the best part for me uh, with, with Scorpio and the word transformation, um, if, we, if we're able to work through our shame and kind of like sit in it, observe it, there is some really awesome potential there mm -hmm. to, to grow. So that's kind of where, where I love the Scorpio energy. Um, yeah, fun fact, Steve and I became friends because of shame. <laughs> We're shame friends. <laughs> uh, Want to explain that one? <laughs> so Steve and I were working in the same store together. And um, I, if I remember correctly, we had a conversation where I said, the story I'm telling myself is X, Y, Z. And this language comes from Brene Brown, who does a lot of uh, research on shame and shame responses and how that drives us in biological and social ways. Um, and because I use that 
the story I'm telling myself is Steve's face lit up and was like, oh my gosh, this person is speaking my language. So using it out and about. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So that was, so we bonded over shame. It's, it is appropriate that our very first podcast will be on the oh so light topic of shame. I know, right? <laughs> well, well, let's let's bring some brevity to the to the situation <laughs> um, because when we, when the two of us are talking about shame, we like to think of shame as a food. Mm-hmm. So we have linked it to the potato. Yes. So you know those that little game of hot potato. We love talking about playing shame potato. Yes, so shame just potato. hopping that potato back and forth. Oh, I feel shame. Nope. Now you're going to feel shame about that shame. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the whole point of the shame potato game is actually to just let the potato drop. Either let the potato drop or admit that this is your potato and you need to eat your potato. You can eat your potato. <laughs> Without um, passing it to someone else. Exactly. And you can put as many toppings of other emotions on top of it as you wish as you eat it. Yeah, however you can eat that potato. Eat can, it. can people help other people eat potatoes? Uh, yes, I would say so. Okay, how? Like, uh, for example, let's say that someone is experiencing shame and they're not passing it on, but they're in the midst of that shame icky feelings and body is dysregulated and um, they reach out for help. Uh, A friend or loved one could come into that situation. And when shame is in the room, it is so contagious. So that person who's coming in very likely would start feeling some shame themselves. It could bring up some shame. There could be some inadvertent shame potato sharing going on. Um, but then people in a group can collectively say, okay, we're going to deal with this and we're not going to keep passing this on to innocent bystanders. We're going to collectively eat our potatoes. Ah. Uh, our kind steamy of, hot potatoes. I have to put a light on the potato first, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're talking about shame potatoes and all of these things, is there something with in us that is related to Scorpio that starts like screaming from within since we've already talked about the call from inside the house yeah being the inner demon yeah are there other are there other things that can start screaming at us from the back of our mind yeah um yeah I like to think of Scorpio um being connected with the inner child ironically enough like an inner yeah. child does not sound scary but hey we've seen horror movies every every horror film with oh, man. children in it is just utterly creepy, terrifying creepy children are the worst especially if you're living with them and you're, you just watched a movie with scary children and you're like i love you i love you but please stay in your room yeah or even like little ghost kids are the worst because they're just these little kids that don't know what happened to them and so it's just Mm. tragic Mm -hmm. and scary at the same time so our inner children can be hella scary and throw scary tantrums that terrify us even as adults um and so we have this inner child scorpio child dark scary child (laughs) 
throwing a fit about uh, having a freak out over us taking an action where our inner child feels like they might get hurt. Um, if we put ourselves out there or become vulnerable with someone or take a risk that feels scary and in our childhoods, that move would have led to a scary situation. Our inner child remembers this and then starts screaming and telling us all sorts of shame stories and rattling our cage, the Poor little ghost child chains just clinking all over the place and our innards get all upset and butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's our job in an evolved Scorpio way to acknowledge that poor little ghost child and say, it's okay. I've got this situation. You can, you can rest. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the stakes are pretty high for that that little inner kiddo yeah um does is um pluto or mars talking with them um if we wanted to kind of like give a personality to little kiddo and then um the part of our psyche that is either mars or pluto is there is there a message that we'll say pluto is sending that little inner kiddo oh 100 what is it saying um those are all situations where there's a demand for change. Um, and that's one of the things that Mars really does. Um, it activates change. It can be in a sudden way. Aries tends to be a, uh, we're going to make a quick change. We're going to make things happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Scorpio is more of a, okay, this is the situation. If something doesn't change, you're going to die kind of survival mechanism. Um, Mars so much is in charge of ruling survival mechanisms. And so does Pluto, I think. It's this make a change or this is going to kill you. So there's there's where the stakes are high. Yeah, they are very high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think of like so many times where that's hit my own life. And we when we talk about Pluto, it's often this like, let's do our shadow work. And it's this... Um, seems to be kind of calm, like, let's take care of these things. But we know that stress is a huge killer. And if we don't take care of stress, that our lifespan gets shortened. We know that loneliness is, people are talking about loneliness being an epidemic, Mm -hmm. especially with COVID now. Like, if we don't deal with why we're lonely and isolated from others, it will literally kill us. Um... The stakes are high. Yeah. And Pluto says, change or die. But does it? Because Pluto, if we want to associate it with the mythological god of the underworld, mm-hmm. does the god of the underworld really care if you change? I don't feel like the god of the underworld changed. Like the god of the underworld, Pluto, death. If you want to just think of like death with the grim reaper it playing a long game they play a long game Mm -hmm. they always win in the end like you can choose to change and make your life longer and Mm -hmm. live a fuller more interesting even intense life uh but yeah but pluto doesn't care 
Pluto's going to get you in the end. Like Pluto doesn't have a stake in the game. You have to choose for yourself if you want to fight or not. That's that's what I was worried about. We yeah. still have the decision to make. Big time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can sometimes hear about like Pluto being this cheerleader of like I I really just want you to transform. I really just want you to change um like the death card in uh the tarot deck. Like you can see that a lot of people will talk about how the death card is not really about death. It's about change. Uh, I I feel like it's more intense than that. It's more of a, like every time that death card comes up, it's the option change your ways or this is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And death doesn't care. Death doesn't care. No, you have to care. Well, that seems like a wonderful place. Happy Scorpio season. Happy Scorpio season, y'all. You know, next time we have a bunch of other things to bring to you. We're going to talk about what we can do during this season to kind of celebrate Scorpio. Um, we have a, a bunch of holidays that happen. Um, we have uh, Samhain, we have Halloween, we have All Saints Day, All Souls Day. We have a lot of things dealing with ancestors. So we're going to talk about some ancestor stuff yeah. next time um, and then provide you some plants because our wonderful Julia is an herbalist so she wants to talk about the plants associated with the season and then we'll give you a few crystals next time thanks for listening and we'll see you soon can't seem to shake the heavy feeling of not being good enough has life dumped too much salt in your casserole? Instead of making excuses for the BS life throws at you, reach for a bag of Pluto's shame potato chips. Shame is a normal part of the human experience, but instead of lashing out at others, sit with those shame spuds with self-punishing flavors like salty tears, raw onion, and stale. Will you find happiness at the bottom of a bag of Pluto's shame potato chips? Nope but by gourd, you're gonna eat the shit out of them like it's possible. Pluto's shaped potato chips can be found at your local metaphysical superstore in the darkness and despair aisle. Pluto's shaped potato chips LLZ is not liable for dehydration. If it's electrolytes you need, try Jupiter's energy boost. Are you enjoying the fun of Astrologize It and wish you could join the conversation? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Astrologize It or check out our website at astrologizeit.com. Learn about the variety of services we provide, like personalized readings, couples readings, one-on-one -on -one astrology coaching sessions, and star parties. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow us and share us with a friend. See you next time!